0: Podcast is part of
1: the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to the Voices of Vic Podcast with me Ben Ayton, and Mike Duffy. Uh, we are back for another episode, um, and we're back to discuss Watford's one-one draw away at West Bromwich Albion in the Sky Bet Championship. Uh, Watford have maintained their unbeaten start to the campaign. I know we're only two games in, but um, four points out of two games. If you offered me and Mike that at the start of the season, we would have snapped your hands off. Um, there's been lots of negativity about the performance last night, and rightly so, it was diabolical, um, especially about midfield. Uh, but me and Michael dissect, dissect that all for you now. Um, so, yeah, firstly, Mike, how are you doing, mate?
0: Yeah, good. Um, still uh, a bit gutted about last night, to be honest. I know we weren't great, uh, but we had the chance to win it in the end as well, you know, providing we would have held on had Saar put that penalty away. But, yeah, very underwhelming last night, and hopefully, it's not a sign of things to come. But other than that, I'm all good. Um, we don't have to wait long till the next game. Uh, they come thick and fast in this league, so and not long till we, I can finally attend one. Uh, Birmingham a week today, so yeah, look, I'm, I'm all good, mate.
1: Good stuff. Um, so yeah, we'll jump straight into it. Um, we've named the podcast episode today actually a point gain or two points loss looking at it, Mike, what do you think it is? Is, is it a point gained? Because West Brom are a decent side. We were under pressure an awful lot in that game and we were very lucky to get a point in my eyes. But also, we had the opportunity towards the end of the game to win the match. So, is that potentially two two points dropped as well? Where, where do you sit on this?
0: I would say so. I mean, I was going to sit on the fence, but um, you know, it would be boring to do so. But um, <laughs> you know, t- t- to have that penalty chance, and it was a poor penalty from Sarr as well. I think he mm-hmm. missed his last one against Manchester United and he did similar against De Gea. So, it's really disappointing. You know, he, he went and scored from 60 yards and then he couldn't finish from 12 yards. So, really disappointing. Um, You know, that's not to say we would have held on. Who knows what would have happened? But we certainly would have had maybe more momentum and uh, maybe, maybe seen the game out. So, I would say... As a as an outfield player, you are more expected to score a goal, uh, a penalty than than this one. David Seaman said once that if you're a goalkeeper, you're never expected to save a penalty. But if you do, you're a hero. So that shows the, the sort of pressure or lack of pressure on goalkeepers to save it. There's more pressure on the guy taking the penalty. So I'm going to have to say uh, two points lost on that one. Uh, but we were poor. We were really, really poor.
1: Yeah, we were. Um, Paul um, Whittenbreez popped up with a, a comment, and I, I, I think you're the same Paul Whittenbree that took your uh, two children to the games last night and got Christian cavacelli shirt and Truce Econ uh, mm. one of theirs. It was their first game as well, so what a game to attend to, not for performance wise, but to witness Sars goal from inside our own half. So I hope you had a fantastic time, Paul. Uh, but Paul said it. It feels like two points lost, but realistically, we should have got battered last night. All things considered, it's a strong point against a top side in the league and mm. echo as, as everything you just said, Paul, um, they've got really good players in that side. Yes, me and Mike both said, if they get rid of Steve Bruce early on, we think we fancy them for promotion this season. But if anything, Mike, Steve Bruce really attacked that last night. He's got the, the championship experience in Jed Wallace and John Swift, which has added back creativity for West Brom. Now, in my eyes, after that performance from West Brom last Night, they've gone up from being playoff hopefuls to maybe automatic contenders. What do you reckon?
0: Yeah, um, I, I'm not sure whether I'd say automatic contenders. I mean, it, it was a brilliant performance from West Brom, certainly something I didn't expect from a Steve Bruce side, which I think maybe surprised us Watford fans to see West Brom come out of the traps like they did that's not something you see from a Steve Bruce side. You ask any team that as he's managed in the last, what, five, six years, they will tell you that, you know, we saw that at Newcastle, et cetera. So, that's what surprised us. Jed Wallace, by the way, that guy can deliver can cross a cross from a six sixpence. Honestly, <laughs> how, if they had someone that could finish, I was going to tweet about this, but then he went and bloody scored just before half-time. <laughs> if Carl Grant could finish... He'd have walked away with too much balls. He'd have had six goals, seven goals easily. Uh, But fortunately for us, he can't finish. But my word, if they were able to get someone in the door that's got a good record of of scoring goals in the Championship, with Jed Wallace and and John Swift, they've made some great additions there. So, yeah, I've got them down to finish fourth in in my prediction table. I think they will get playoffs. uh, But really, really surprised... From the Steve Bruce sides to come out and attack us the way that they did, I, I was not expecting that at all.
1: Yeah, well, we've just spoken about West Brom's performance briefly, but let's talk about that Watford performance last night, Mike. Underwhelming, I, I'd mm. say. Disappointed, uh, midfield non-existent. Um, anything else you want to add to that, Mike? Because it, it, it was really
0: poor, wasn't it? I, I didn't think the other than Sar's goal, I didn't think that the attacking players other than Pedro, uh, I thought Dennis had a really quiet game and a thought. Everything Ishra Dennis Coach went out play, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, that that's what it felt like. <laughs> um I'm not gonna put that down to him having a bad attitude. Like you said, there's so many negative Watford fans on um on, on sort of social media, but I um I, I think it was just a bad day in the office. Um for, for Dennis, unfortunately, not quite the performance we would have expect. At the end of the day, it's he, he, going to work in both our favours. The longer we keep him, we've got a superb player on our hands. And for him, he'll want to put in good performances so that a team comes in and buys him. So, you know, you'd think that, you know, we, scrap, it, we scratch his back, he scratches ours sort of thing. So, yeah, really disappointed with Dennis Ishmar other than the goal. Uh, I, I thought didn't really do an awful lot. I, I know a lot of people say, well, he scored from bloody 60 yards. What more do you want him to do? But he did miss a penalty. And other than that, he was kept quiet. Um, I must say, throughout the negatives, Ben, the positives, Pedro was superb, And so was Daniel Batman, which I'm sure yeah. we'll talk about.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get on to those two. But well, let's talk about Joe Pedro next, because I've got a little section for Dan Backman, um written down already. But Joe Pedro, I haven't. But let's talk about that man now. Um, the highlight for me last night was his work rate, his determination, the willingness to get back and help out in defensive areas. And talk to me about that little, um, what was it, three headers in a row where he, he dribbled past a few West Brown players and then he was, almost got into the box. But God, that boy is such a talent, isn't he?
0: Yeah, and I, I can't remember which podcaster said it on. You can go back and, and watch it. You can screen record it. I'll happily have that go out on the internet. He will be bigger than Richarlison. The only reason I'm saying with Charleston is obviously with Charleston come from us. He will go on to do better things than with Charleston. That boy is some talent, honestly. Um, as you said, Ben, we've spoken about it before. I just love the way how he drops deep and sort of... You, we, we mentioned that the, the midfield was non-existent. It was lacklustre. Jaal Pedro and Rob Edwards obviously saw that. Zhao was dropping deep, trying to be that creative flair. And then it ultimately pushed Ishma and uh, Dennis up as as a front two at times, if you like, and then Xal Pedro was dropping into midfield, trying to get that sort of spark going and trying to make things happen and make things tick. But his work rate, his determination—one of the things that highlighted it for me, Ben, was um, that that chance that we had where uh, Pedro, there was nowhere—he was nowhere near winning the ball and getting it back and playing it through. He just booted it off their player. And then mm. Ishmael was through one-on-one. So, his determination is brilliant and long mate continue. He's going to be very, very key to our, uh, hopefully, promotion chances this season.
1: Yeah, it's great to see that descent, uh, defensive side to him, but I, I'd love for him to focus a little bit more further up the pitch. But I don't think we'll see that until maybe either one of Sart and Dennis go and then we'll have to push him a bit further forward. But it, it's great to see his, um, his willingness to work for the team. It's mm-hmm. great to see, but I would, I'd like him to be a bit further up that pitch. But he's help, he's he's help, he's putting in the shift, isn't he? He's helping out his teammates, and definitely we 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 needed that last night. Our backs were up against the wall the first fifteen minutes, weren't it, Mike? If it went for a certain Daniel Batman, we could have been three 0 down, couldn't we? Um fantastic save from Furlong um, to tip it over, and Curl and Grant um, in the six yard box had a shot saved. Batman spread his legs, didn't he, and made himself as big as possible, like you would see Casper Schermichael do, and it went past um, the post, and then uh, there was another header, and he managed to push it round the post as well. So it was just opportunity after opportunity for West Brom, but Daniel Batman, vital saves last night, and he was showing why Rob Edwards has made him his Watford number one.
0: Yeah, and some people would argue that some of the saves, uh, as a keeper, you, you have to be making, but I still think they were superb saves, you know? Mm. Um you you've gotta put your body in the way, you've gotta, you know, go for go for these things and he done exactly that. You know, you mentioned that one, the furlong from close range. A lot of people will say that it was straight at him, but I tell you what, the 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 sort of power that would have been struck in that ball and the close range would have made it really hard to misjudge. And then the the Carlin Grant one, he would have seen that last minute, it was bobbling around and then suddenly Carlin Grant's got it and he you know, he would have seen that last minute. So Yeah, some absolutely superb saves and um, showing sort of picking up where he left off, really, in the Championship. There was a lot of that whole debate last season, which we spoke about, it felt like almost every week, Backman or Foster. And um, now that we're back in the, the Championship, I think a few may have been worried that Backman didn't get the game time in the Premier League. So would he have to sort of start from scratch again, if you like, in the Championship? This has proven no. You asked the question the other week, has he proven his doubters wrong? I think he's just continuing to do so. Um, And I loved his interview at the end of the game as well. Very passionate, Mm. very raw, very honest. And uh, he's going to be um, a big character this season for us, 100%.
1: Yeah, I liked seeing his passion from the celebration of Ismail Assar's goal as well. Mm. And let's talk about that moment as well, Mike, because you and I have never really seen Watford players score from that distance, I think Chris Eagle's done it before yeah. way down at Brighton, but to actually see it like that on, on the sky cameras and the amount of people who have watched it over the world, I scrolled scrolling from Twitter afterwards and there was thousands and thousands of retweets and likes and stuff and I was like, yeah, Watford, Watford's in the big time again um, goal of a season contender that, not a contender for me Mike. that is a goal of a season award winner, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's got to be And Um,
1: amazing assist from Craig Cathcart as well. I must give (laughs) him credit for that. But the way Ismail Asar, his first touch was incredible. He kind of stopped the ball dead, but also positioned it away from his body so then he could run onto it, have another touch. Quick look up to see um, Button off his line, and my God, he was off his line. And the position and accuracy to just get that over his head was absolutely superb. David Beckham, this might.
0: Yeah, well, uh, from, like you said, the technique to pull it off. Superb! From the moment it left his foot, I thought this is going in. Like, firstly, I couldn't believe that he tried it. I thought he's obviously just spotted him off his line. He'll have a cheeky pop. We're not really carving out many chances anyway, so he's obviously fancied it. I thought, you know, he, really, and then I saw the position of David Button, and I thought that's it, one hundred percent. And uh, I was watching it with the missus last night because uh, she was she was here and um, she couldn't quite believe it as well. And I said to her, I says, if you're expecting every goal to be like that, I says, <laughs> you're going to be disappointed because I'm taking her to the uh, the Watford Coventry game in November. I says, please don't expect that when we go in November, because most goals aren't like that. But yeah, it was sunny to behold. And like you said, it's great seeing everyone talking about it. My phone was blowing up from non-Watford uh, fans and a few West Brom fans as well. Um, but yeah, absolutely brilliant. Uh, sort of got us in the, the driving seat, even though we didn't deserve it. But sometimes if you play crap and still carve out chances like that and take them, it just shows the quality that we've got. You know, we, we, we've we got someone with the quality and ability of doing that and pulling it out of nowhere. And, you know, that's where we've, we've not seen the last season. We've not seen someone be able to pull out that magic moment. And in terms of goal of the season award, the second tier podcast put a poll out saying we've already had some fantastic goal of the, the season contenders and I'm not being funny, there's some good goals but no one's beating Ishma. no way. Um, I, I'd, I'd be very surprised if someone was to beat that record um, this season, I, I he's got to be winning it for me even though it's early doors.
1: Yeah, Chris Willock scored an amazing goal for QPR at the yeah, weekend yeah. against Middlesbrough the way he dribbled from his own half and shrugged off a couple of Middlesbrough players and banged it in the top corner but... I'm sorry, it's going to his mouth. and I'm not saying that because I'm a Watford fan. This is a Watford podcast, mm-hmm. but the, the technique for that it was unbelievable. They showed a few examples after on Sky Sports. They showed like Charlie Adams did it against Chelsea the other year. Zabdiel um, yes. Alonso did it for Liverpool. Wayne Rooney did it for Everton. And it was nice to see Ismail Asad getting in there, but the technique of it was absolutely superb and he just Rob Edwards said the moment it left his foot you just knew it was in because of the way he connected with the ball and it was just fantastic uh Joe Thomas has popped up and said he was there in two thousand and six when chris Eagles um scored um from from a halfway line superb to witness that moment, and I, I can imagine it was, and I imagine it was. Fantastic to witness last night if he was in the way end for all those fans. They must have gone absolutely crazy last night. Um, but yeah, let's move on from his man, side now, Mike. Um, we, we're we spoken about the positivities out of the game. Um, let's maybe talk about a bit of the negativities now. Um, I, I don't want to talk about this guy in a bad way because you and me both like him, Mike. We love mm-hmm. him as a player, uh, his work rate. We like him as a um, a captain. Um, but quality-wise, is not up to the standard that we probably want week in, week out in the Championship. And it's Tom Cleverly, Mike. Um, another... I think I definitely gave him the benefit of the doubt because it was the first game last week and I thought mm, maybe it was the first game. It, it would improve. If anything, I thought he got worse last night against West Brom. Um, I'm surprised he did 90 minutes. We all know that Tom Cleverley doesn't have 90 minutes in his in his locker anymore he just he he wasn't impacting on the game and it's frustrating to see because Tom would Tom cleverly gives absolutely everything for the cause and it, he he'll run through buses for the team run through walls and he's just last night he wasn't there Mike was he some of his performance from
0: your point of view well i mean he give the ball away and luckily they didn't do anything from it but it it carved out another chance for them and just created more pressure to them and I think, you know, yes, we've talked about how the hard work and the work rate of Tom Cleverly's been refreshing to watch when we were in the championship before, but unfortunately, as, as we've said, he, he's he's not up to, to scratch at the moment. Whether he plays, I don't know, sixty minutes and comes off. Um I don't even know if he, if if he's warranted sixty minutes to be honest. So I'd rather have um if we're gonna have an experienced head, I'd rather have Dan Gosling in there who apparently works his bollocks off in training and you know Dan Batman come out and said if you saw the results of who was fastest Dan Batman's winning everything on that uh, which surprises me um but yeah he, he I can see why he's chosen for his captain's value he's got all the attributes you want but I don't think he's someone that should be playing week in week out we could utilize him a lot better considering the the demands of the championship Tuesday Saturday Tuesday Saturday or bloody Monday-Friday, as it seems for us at the moment. But, yeah, disappointed with Clebs. Um, really horrible to see because, as, as we've said, really, really do like Clebs as a, as a person. But I, I think we need to freshen up that midfield. And as uh, as Pidge just mentioned in there, we need to stick an extra body in midfield because we're just getting ran through. I mean, we were lucky. Sheffield United didn't really utilise the middle of the pitch but West Brom obviously watched that and thought, right, let's hit him where it hurts, straight through the middle. And uh, as Pidge has just said there, once losers back, that's going to be a welcome uh, return. It really is. It'll be like a new signing.
1: Yeah, hopefully it won't be too long. I've seen more pictures of him out training, so fingers crossed it won't be too long. Uh, Joe Thomas has said he loves Tom Cleverley, but unfortunately just isn't good enough and it's it seems anymore. Um, he wears his heart on a sleeve, but Dan Gosling has to come in. Um, Rob Edwards did say after the interview on Sky Sports that he's he's going to probably make a couple of tweaks to the team. I imagine that's going to be personnel. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Looking at that team, Mike, do you you see Tom Cleverley coming out or do you see Tom Cleverley sticking in because he's captain? Because in my eyes, yes, he's got the captain's armband, but that doesn't mean you have to play every single game. If you you uh, perform poorly or not good enough or not up to the standard that is required in this league, then Rightly, so you should be coming out the team, right?
0: Well, it happened to Troy. He yeah. he got dropped a couple of times. If the manager's ballsy enough to do it, then it doesn't matter if he's your captain, he's your star player, or what. If you're playing shit, you're coming out of the team. It's as simple as that. Footballers know that they they can throw a paddy all they want, but if you perform if you're performing poorly, uh, performing poorly, I should say, then you you don't warrant your place in the team. So, yeah, I would say that Tom cleverly probably should be one of those, whether it's a straight swap for Goslin, hopefully. Um that whether that be it. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else really. Um I would possibly I possibly Ken Semmer and putting Kamara back over on,
1: on the left. Are like, yeah. I've seen a lot of to be fair, I want to address this, I've seen a lot of negative comments towards Ken Semmer last night. Um I didn't think Ken Semmer had a bad game. He was just run ragged and he was blowing out his ass. Um, He did a lot of defensive work last night and I thought he did an okay job. It was just they were double teaming up on him and there was always that extra man and he wasn't getting that defensive help from Emmanuel Dennis on that side to help him cover so he had his work cut out a lot last night so I'm not saying that Ken Semmer had a good game at all he just needed more help um, but maybe it's right to put Kamara back over on the left he does look a bit uncomfortable on the right and that, rightly so he's left-footed and he shouldn't be playing over on the right Um yeah. so is that another change that you'd maybe make might put Kamara back over on the left and Maybe bring um, Gasper over on the right, because he came off the bench to make his debut.
0: Yeah, and um, I completely forgot about that, so thanks for reminding me. But yeah, <laughs> Sema looked uncomfortable. Well, yeah, probably uncomfortable is the right word. As you say, they worked really well with their system. Wallace and Furlong. You've got Wallace, who can put it on a sixpence every time he crosses the ball. And then you've got Furlong, who's, again, brilliant at through the ball, very fast. So, he didn't have the support that he perhaps should have had, Ken Semmer, So, he was getting absolutely annihilated down that left-hand side. Um, so, I would probably move Kamara over to his preferred left position. And then, yeah, bring in Mario Gaspar for, for the right. But the only sticking point there would be, um, is he ready for 90 minutes? Is he ready to start a game? We don't know. Uh, but if he is, then, yeah, absolutely, I'd, I'd make that change as well. Um but other than that, I think I w- I would probably leave it as it is. Um so I would probably say the two changes would be Semer for Gaspar and then some cleverly for Dan Gosling.
1: Yeah, and, and Paul Whittenbreeze just came up and said what's happened to Ningakia. We spoke about playing younger players and yet Ningakia's been cast aside despite being homegrown to sacrifice for the seventh place. Um I don't know if you saw earlier, Paul, but there's um Whole City are linked with a move for Jeremy Ngakia. And a couple of weeks ago, Rob Edwards said that Ngakia was a couple of weeks behind on his fitness levels compared to everyone else because he picked up a knock in pre-season out in Austria. Uh, so that's probably why he hasn't featured yet. But it would be interesting to see if this move materialises with Hull City. It would be a shame to see him go because I, I think he's definitely good enough in the championship. It's Seeing Kiko leave, he must have been licking his lips thinking, I'm finally going to play your game. And then they brought in Gaspar. Um, and then he's like, right, okay, now I've got to work for my spot again. And um, so it'd be interesting to see um what's gonna happen with in, in Gakia. Um Mike, there's I think there's maybe one more change that we might have to do in the side as well. I don't know if you noticed, but uh Francesca Serialta, he um went off injured towards the end of the game. Um I'm not sure what the injury is, it's probably a muscle injury of some sort. And will uh William Truce Econ came on. So mate, that will probably be another straight um, straight swap, isn't it? Straight swaps and, and Siri Sirielta. I thought he had a decent game again. I, I really liked his recovery run back on um uh one of the West Brom players into a box, wasn't it? And he, yes. he made the defender check back him and he stuck his toe in to get it away. And I thought that was brilliant. And he's so commanding as well. And he like the amount of long throws of getting into a box and did you see that pink towel come out all the time from out West Brom? Uh, yeah, uh, I, down, and down the forward. old boy
0: kept passing it to him, didn't they?
1: yeah what was that all about is, 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 either, is it a season ticket holder and they've gone up to him saying hello mate Um, we, on Furlong's side every time there's a long throw I want you to have this pink towel and every time he comes over and wants a pink towel I want you to hand it to him he's going to rub the ball up and then we're going to do Rory the lap style, Just throw it in and don't worry we'll score a couple of goals for him this season you might even get a Sky Sports appearance um, <laughs> but yeah a bit odd wasn't it that like they actually got a fan to do that yeah, unless he's like got the old Galax or something
0: yeah, it's a bit like that time when you're on a plane and you're in the extra leg room and you're right by the wind, uh, by the, the, the door and they say, right, if this goes down, you're in charge of making sure everyone's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you're opening the door and everyone's going to run to safety. But, yeah, it was weird. But um, I know a couple of the times it was down to West Brom's lack of being able to finish. I thought I know a whole, we dealt we, with, it. We, we dealt with yeah. it pretty well. Mm,
1: definitely, like, yeah. I was so actually surprised yeah. I, the amount of them coming in. And they was, was getting I was getting more, weren't they? It was like every other minute we were getting it. And it was always down at right-hand side. But I was actually quite impressed with how we defended that six-yard box from the long throws. Um, we did quite well. Um, so, yeah, hopefully long may that continue. But, hmm. um, yes, yeah, so we'll, we'll introduce it. He kind came back. I was actually quite impressed with his performance last night, Mike. Uh, it looked like he hasn't been away for a long time. He, he slotted straight back in. And he, he looked like the solid defender that we know that he can be in his division. And do you think he'll play a big part this season?
0: He's another one that's got a point to prove. He mm-hmm. he would have been aware of the social media abuse that he got from his when he got dropped in the Premier League and when he lost his place. And the Nigerian fans were sort of wanted his head on a silver salver as well. So he'd have been aware of that. Um I don't know if it was documented that I think he said that he had to come off social media or what, whatever it was. Um, so he's definitely got a point to prove and he'll want to, like Dan Batman, he'll want to prove him wrong by showing that he can still do it on the pitch. And like you said, he, he didn't really put a foot wrong that I can remember of when he come on and he's, he's a solid backup to have. I think, you know, the the defence that we've got to call on, you know, it's 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 pretty solid for the Championship. Yeah, it's a bit, um, a bit on the older side, but experienced players that have done it in the championship before. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't be annoyed that Truce de Kong would have to come in. No way.
1: Yeah, and what it will do as well, obviously, it'll be Truce Ecom coming for Sirielta, and possibly Matty Pollock will get a push up onto the bench as well, and which will help the. Um, rule of 11, which is causing problems for Watford. You can see it's causing problems for Watford because they're having to leave Maduka Okoye out, although we heard rumours yesterday that he picked up a knock and that's he didn't actually travel with the the first team squad. But if he didn't pick up a knock and he was fit, he still wouldn't have been able to travel because of this rule of 11. And that's why Ben Hamer's getting that number two spot at the moment. But also there was no vacuum bio, Mike. Um, He missed out as well. And you just got to think that Rob Bedwoods must be really frustrated at the moment with the, the amount of um, overseas players or non-homegrown players that he's got at Watford, but he can't fit them into this matchday squad because of the EFL rules. And it's frustrating for Watford fans as well, and I've seen a lot of unhappy Watford fans say this as well, whereas we've spent money on Okoye, a, a we've spent money on Bio, at, what, about £10-11 combined, mm-hmm. but we've spent... In the last six months, on the team to improve a team, but not even in the matchday squad.
0: Yeah, it's it's poor planning on, on Watford's part. You know, they Giareta come out and put that statement out to say, "Look, rule of 11, explained it all to us. Explains we're going to try and get a few homegrown players in. I think that's what he said in the um, in the sort of statement he put out, or he at least said that the reason for some of the transfers is to abide by this rule of 11 to make it easier for Rob, but we, we, we're we at square one again well like you said, a couple of players there that we've spent decent money on are having to miss out because of the rule of 11. Um, so, yeah, it's frustrating and hopefully that pushes the club to make a few more homegrown signings, but at the same time, I'm not here to dig out the Potsos or anyone like that because I've got a lot of time for what they've done for, the, for our football club, but um, a lot of it is still reliant, and I think people f- are forgetting this, on what Ishmael Asar and Emmanuel Dennis, what happens to their situations. We're not going to go out and sign a striker or someone like that if we've still got them. So, yeah. you know, y- y- you have to be clever. You can't go spending, you know, wads of cash in the Championship or in any league and then it backfire on you. If we don't go up and we spend a load of money, we- we're going to be looking at possibly... You know, doing a, a, a Leeds or a Leicester or a Forest, Southampton, go down to League One or, you know, it might sound a bit dramatic, but it happens. So, yeah, uh, I think they're trying to be a bit coy, but obviously the, the rule of 11 thing is it, a bit of poor poor planning, to be honest.
1: Yeah, it is. And like you say, I think it is massively dependent on if we get any offers for Ismail Assar, any offers for Emmanuel Dennis. And then, obviously, they've got plans in the background on who they'd like to come in, but they can't make these moves until players are off their wage bills and we've actually got the physical money to spend. Um, So there's no point spending the money when you've got people ahead of you already. Um, So it'd be interesting to see what actually happens. But what I'd like to see is that money being spent on homegrown players, Um, especially if you want to get this non-homegrown quota down uh, because we do have a lot still. Um, I've seen today that Samir's potentially off to a Mexican t- side called the Tigers. Um, so that'll be interesting to see if that pulls off. And obviously that'll make it a bit more easier. But he's not been involved in the first two matchday squads. Um, but uh, there's, there's been rumours about a homegrown player possibly coming in. Mike, it's a central midfielder, a Premier League midfielder, goes from Leicester City, uh, Hamza Chowdhury. Um mm-hmm. Would you welcome that sign-in? I think he's got a bit of presence to him, hasn't he? And he yeah, keeps yeah. the ball much more better. And I think it will be more presence in what uh, we saw last night between Tom Pedley and KMB.
0: Yeah, and I think just having a, a pair of fresher, younger legs in there as well. Someone that's dying to play first-team football. Because he did sort of break through at Leicester at one stage. And then... He, he he hasn't done since. I can't remember who he, he, he played a couple of games for. So he'll be, he'll be sitting at Leicester, not even getting in the squad. And if, if I'm wrong on that, please do correct me. But he'll be thinking, well, hang on a minute. I was getting in the squad. I was getting on the bench. I was making a couple of appearances here and there. And now I'm not even doing that. So he'll just be grateful for the chance of playing first-team football. And he'll be in a side that are expected to be challenging for promotion. So that will also tick another list to satisfy him. Um, he's young, uh, you know, I know Kyembe's, um apparently young, he's meant to be 24, is he bollocks? But, um, <laughs> you know, it, it will be you know good to have someone young in that.
1: Oh, I think we've lost Mike for a moment, um, so we'll just carry on. But yeah, um, Hamza Chowdhury linked with a move from Watford, uh, the Daily Mail um, popped that up. Um, today so it'll be interesting to see if that happens I do think we, we do need a homegrown player to come into this squad and like Mike said it will help push on to get um, better performances out of the players that are already in the team just like Tom Cleverley. Um you've also got um, KMB and they just need pushing on don't they to go to that next level Um i think mike's computer's crashed he just messaged me so I'll, I'll carry on we haven't got much more left to go through anyway um so if you've got any questions drop me down into the comments um below and help me out a little bit here uh because i'm going solo now um but yeah also ethan laird we heard last week from adam never until he joined us on the podcast um he was saying about we asked him about ethan laird and he said that It's not one that's going to happen potentially anytime soon. If it is going to happen, it's going to be happening later on um, in the window because Premier League squads need to assess their squads before they bring other people um, because they're going to make sign-ins and that. So they will um, then decide whether to let those online players go out again. Um, So Ethan Laird, we've heard today, probably isn't going to be joining Watford now um, for decisions being made to maybe let him move to Preston North End. I don't know if Watford have pulled out the deal or if Preston are just the better proposition for him at the moment. So that's a bit disappointing. Uh, Mike's finally back with me now and mm. welcome back, Mike. Um, so yeah, sorry I was just saying that but Ethan Laird, he, it doesn't look like he's joining Watford now. Um, <laughs> so potentially that's another homegrown right back that we might have to look for now.
0: Yeah, I'm disappointed. I'm not really sure what's happened. You know, when we spoke to Adam the other week, um, he he seemed pretty sort of certain that it was in the motions of happening, and various reports have said that as well. But I think Preston might have a link with Manchester United and a bit of a, a, a parent club, if you like. So they've obviously I think they've had their players in
1: the past, haven't they? Because David Beckham, he um went out on yes. didn't he, back then? And I think a few other players as well. Um. Did um, Darren Ferguson used to manage Preston?
0: Um, I not off the top of my head. I've I've only ever known him at Peterborough, and possibly. Yeah, let him. us
1: know below, anyone, if he has managed at Preston. I, I but, think he possibly has been at Preston, and that's where the links originally started from.
0: But it's disappointing, you know. He he seems highly rated from Manchester United fans. We popped the tweet out on our social media when it first broke, and a couple of Manchester United fans were like. A bit annoyed that he was coming to us after the whole James Garner saga and saying that he's a very good player. So, yeah, disappointed whether the signing of Mario Gaspar's had anything to do with it, I don't know, but I shouldn't have thought it would have affected it too much. But, yeah, disappointed that we're after now going to go and have another look, really, unless Rob's decided that Gaspar's the right man and um, and Ken Semer and Kamara are the strong enough wing-backs. Who knows? But... I personally will be going out and having another look, alongside with uh, I I don't know if you mentioned it when my uh, when my hamster stopped running on his wheel for my internet to go off, but uh, I, I don't know if you mentioned the the left sided centre back. I think we desperately need one of those as well.
1: Yeah, no, I didn't mention that, but that is a key area, and I, I just feel like we need this progressive centre backs really to help us progress up the pitch and get the ball out quicker because we haven't got at the moment. We just look to hit it long because the central defenders we've got don't look comfortable with the ball at their feet, so someone like Clark, who at um, Brighton, Hove Albion, he's potentially is being looked at as well, and um, Courtney Hawes as well, mm-hmm. um, at Aston Villa, so it would be interesting to see what happens there, so it's refreshing to know that Watford are looking into those areas, um, because we can definitely see needs sorting out, so fingers crossed, um, Watford will call out their checkbook and sign some players, whether it's unknown or Permanent contracts, we, we do need additions to his squad because after watching last night's performance, it's not a side that can compete for automatic promotion or playoffs at the moment. Um, it's the midfield for me, Mike. That midfield, that's I might be generous to say that's a, that's a mid table championship side midfield,
0: yeah. I, yeah, I, it's. It's not what we want. I don't think it is the finished article, to be honest. Um, you know, we've got loser to come back. That's going to be a massive, you know. Plus, we've got um, Dan Gosling as well, who can come in. And we've seen Jal Pedro dropping deep. We just need our players to be all singing off that same hymn sheet. But if we can make a couple of changes, maybe bring another midfielder in, um, that that would certainly sort of freshen things up. But at the moment, the midfield is definitely the weak area so far from what I've seen in the two games. And uh, they could cost us a couple of points. But um, hopefully the, the potzos are aware of it and hopefully Rob is aware of it and we make the changes necessary or we bring the necessary players in. And yeah, um, I mean, I, I wouldn't go as far as saying I don't think the team's capable of making playoffs. I think with the attacking prowess we've got, I think we will create chances. I know we didn't last night, but I think put that down to a bad day at the office first away game or whatever. Um get your mistakes out the system early doors. And as we said, West Brom are going to be up there as well. So, you know, it's not as if we were struggling to break down a, a Rotherham United side. But um yeah, I, I think we can make playoffs at least, but I think we're a couple of signings off, maybe even challenging for uh, for automatics. But yeah, I'll uh, I'll stick with my prediction of,
1: of where I thought we were gonna finish. Yeah, well um when um your hamster stopped working at your end Mike <laughs> um, I was asking the viewers to help me out a little bit and ask yeah. me some questions. So Paul Whittenbury's thank you Paul for saving my bacon here. Um, he came up with a question saying based on the first two games where do you think we'll finish the season? So Mike's already said that you're sticking with Mike you you're going with fourth or fifth still in, in the in the playoffs?
0: Yeah, I think I said fifth, but uh playoffs generally playoffs, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, for me, judging off the first two performances, I think it, it all depends on this transfer window. We've still got three weeks left, haven't we? But based off the two games that we have witnessed, I don't think it's good enough for the playoffs. And I, I know we beat Sheffield United and it was a really good, solid performance, but that away performance at West Brom, yes, they stuck together and grinded out a draw in the end. There was lots of worrying signs for me in that Um and that's that midfield area, and I hate to keep going back to it. And it's the Tom Cleverley and KMB. Yes, KMB showed signs of um, brilliance, uh, like his um the last couple of games, he's found like a really nice ball through the middle, and uh, we need to see more of that because we haven't got that um, attacking creativity at the moment. So he, he's trying to provide that, and I think it only came off once last night. But when it did come off, it was it was a quality bit of skill for him. I think, it was he the one who set Sar away to win the penalty? I'm not too sure, but um, it it was good, good to witness. Uh, I think if if it stays like this, the squad that we've got now, I think we'll just fall short of the playoffs. If we get in the right players in the right positions, I think we can finish playoffs. I'm not going to say automatics or anything, but I do think we can finish uh, playoffs if the I right think, addition's are made.
0: I think it's key to point out as well, Ben, that Uh, I I tweeted it and had a couple of responses which generally on the whole sort of tended to agree uh, with what I was saying uh, for once. But if we are, we're talking about how badly we've played and we did, we've we've acknowledged that we've been poor against West Brom. But if you look at it from a sort of step back, look at a bigger picture, if you like, we've gone to a West Brom side who we're expecting to go, well, challenge for promotion this season we've still not got in all the transfers that we perhaps want to um, we've still got a few players who we expect to leave so whether they're 100% focused on Watford we don't know um on the whole we've played poorly and we've come away with a point you know we yeah. if you average 2 points a game uh, yeah if you average sort of that sort of points per game you are going to end up winning a you're going to end up getting promoted. I think John Parslow put a tweet out saying he average two points a game or whatever, um, it's ninety-four points, and ninety-four points, you know, you you, you win in the league on those sort of points mm. tallies. And the fact that we played so poorly but still come away with a result, they're the ones that you will look back on in the future and say, Remember that West Brom game where we were shit but we still drew and that could be the, yeah. the difference.
1: And this is a sign of a good team as well. If, if you can come away from an uh, uh, over-performance, the, the, the performance has been highlighted a lot because yeah, there was a lot of unhappy Watford fans based on that performance. We didn't like what we saw. But looking at the bigger picture, coming away from West Brom, being absolutely battered in that first mm. half. Yes, we scored a fantastic goal from Nalassar, but to be fair, we could have been 3-4-1 down at half-time. West Brom continued to... Pressed us in the second half and had some really good chances as well. Yes, we missed the penalty as well, but West Brom took those chances because they did absolutely batter us. They had so much possession, they had really good clear cut chances. A point's not too bad away at West Brom. And like you say, Mike, a point away at West Brom, we'll take that all day long. Four points out of get first two games. If that yeah. was offered, we would have snatched your hand up.
0: I think we, we did a, predict- a score prediction, possibly. I don't know if we did, but we spoke privately um, before the game. and You and me both went 1-1, didn't we? We we both said 1-1. So, going into the game, we'd have taken a point, especially mm. now that we know we we were going to play so poorly. But I always go back to that Leicester team that won the league. You you look at teams that win the Premier League, like Man City, Liverpool, brushing teams aside with ease. That Leicester team that won the league, and I'm only saying this because it's relevant to what we're saying here, they weren't brushing teams aside 3-4-0 every week. They were getting through. They were getting two ones, two nils, one nils, and you know they, the season that they won the league, they beat us two one at Vicarage Road, so they hardly battered us. And it's about grinding out those results, even when you're playing poorly, and still picking up points. That the, the confidence in that changing rooms, uh, that changing room will be a lot higher than people think. I, I'm, I'm just mm. so thankful that um, Watford Twitter aren't in charge of the dressing rooms because. It'd be a gloom place. It really would. You think we lost seven nil with some of the stuff that I saw? But yeah. we've got some after Burnley. We've got some more on paper winnable games coming up. Uh, Fans' husbands as always. And if we can get out of these first three with uh, with, with you know a decent points tally, then you know we we will have done really really well.
1: Yeah, and Joe Thomas said it it was a terrible performance and got a point at a team where that's going to be up there at the end of a season. It's a decent start and we've got to ground out and and we ground out a good result. Uh, There's positives and fans have got to see the bigger picture. We're only two games in and spot on, Joe. Um, Also, I just want to say before we wrap it up, um, just give Rob Edwards time. He's only managed in and football for one whole season at Boris Green Rovers is new to it still. He's learning on on the job. He, he would have learned so much from yesterday's performance. He, he tweaked that second half uh, performance. I know he, he delayed substitutions, but he did tweak positional-wise on the pitch, which did stop West Brom absolutely battering us halfway through the second half. Um, so he is learning. So let's just give him a bit of credit. Um, Mike, do you echo that as well? Like we we can't jump on his back. We, we we all we're all in this together. We've got to give him time. We all said before the start of the season when he was appointed, let's give him time. We don't care about the performances. Let's give him time. He's going to get his philosophy ahead. Um, let him bring in some decent players. And let him gel this team. And what we have seen lately, Mike, is he has geled the team together. There's a togetherness between the squad now. That was non-existent last season, but he's managed to gel them now. So he's got the foundations in place. The performances will come. We just need to give him time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you can't win with Watford fans sometimes. Watford fans moan about the trigger-happy potsos and say, we need to give coaches more time, and we get a young, enthusiastic coach like Rob Edwards in, and uh, I know they don't represent truly Watford fans, but you are seen some idiots on social media saying, Rob Edwards out, is clearly out of his depth. I'm like, come on, man, Like you have you, people been moaning about giving a manager time. We said at the start of the season, and I'm sure a lot of people would have realised this as well, if we want to give him as much time as we say, and he wants to build a project here at Watford, we are going to have to take the rough with the smooth. There are going to be months where we we hardly pick up any points. There are going to be times where we, you know, we lose two, three on the bounce. It's, it's going to happen. It's a championship. It's the toughest league, cruelest league in the world. So, you know, it's going to happen. And we just need to be patient. And I'm sure we will... You know, see the benefits in the long run, and look, Rob's changed this the, the philosophy, and he's trying to change the, the, the way that we play and everything else. And there are signs there, and that's all we want. We just want to see passionate performances. I know we didn't see that last night, but we still come away with a point. So, as you said, Ben we'd have took four points from the first two games, 100% we would have done.
1: Exactly, yeah. We've found positives out of it, haven't we, Mike? I know it was difficult too, but we've found positives and we'll just wrap it up from two two comments from our um, viewers that have been watching tonight. Firstly, we'll come to uh, Joe Thomas again and um, he said, quick mention for Edwards yesterday. I thought it was class for him getting every single player to go over to the away fans to show their appreciation, brilliant management and showing passion early and completely agree it's great to see and you would think that the players would just do it off their own backs anyway and it's frustrating to see them being told they have to go over and do it but fair play to Rob Edwards because that's what we've wanted we've not seen it for a very long time so more hopefully it continues and and like um, Paul Wittenbrey saw yesterday he had two players come over to him to hand him two shirts to his uh, two children and uh, So he must have been buzzing last night and they must have been buzzing. I imagine they probably didn't go to sleep very well last night because they were probably cuddling their jersey last night. But we'll just finish on Paul for his, um comment as well. He said, I think the reason for the negativity is because the poor performances stunk last season. Um, however, four points from two is promotion worthy. Positive signs are there for sure. And we've got this. Come on, you Orlins. Uh, and yeah I'm going to wrap it up there um, so thank you everyone for joining um, if, you've, if you're watching this back on YouTube don't forget to hit that like button don't forget to hit the subscribe button and I will be back at the weekend uh, Mike might not be able to join me this weekend um, we will see if not I will be back uh, uh, and I'll find someone to come on with me um, so stay safe everyone and come on you
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.